Welcome to the Pencils and Lipstick Podcast, a weekly podcast for writers. Grab a cup of coffee, perhaps some paper and pen, and enjoy an interview with an author, a chat with a writing tool creator, perhaps a conversation with an editor or other publishing expert, as well as Kat's thoughts on writing and her own creative journey. You'll laugh, you'll cry, well, hopefully not actually cry, but you will probably learn something. And I hope you'll be inspired to write. Because as I always say, you have a story, you should write it down. This is Pencils and Lipstick. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Pencils and Lipstick. This is the 161st episode of the podcast, and it is December 16th as I record this. Getting ready to head out to a fourth grade sing-along in just a moment, (laughs) but I wanted to give a little bit of an update, and you know, it's been quite a day, quite a week. I hope that my microphone is working because I actually dropped it and it didn't work for a little bit. So hopefully this is all working. If you're hearing this, then it worked. <laughs> so, so it's almost Christmas. Um, today I have an author interview with uh, for you guys. Her name is Rachel Biggs and she has quite a distinct story for you all. And I think it's important to bring different stories of what it means to be a writer to the show. Not everyone wants to be, you know, a New York Times bestselling author, although maybe Rachel wouldn't mind being that. But, you know, we are short story writers. We are screenwriters. We are um, poets. Everybody has a different meaning to that idea of being a writer. So I really enjoyed talking with Rachel. I think she has a distinct um life as well, just different experiences and how that brought her to writing and how she takes those stories that she's lived through and puts them on the page. Um, I went to a webinar the other day with Nicole Bright, B-R-E-I-T, and she does she deals mostly with um, creative nonfiction, but it reminded me a lot of Rachel and, and Rachel's short story collection because there, just in the sense of the difference in writers, the difference in goals that we have, and the idea that I need to encourage you all more to to take your goals and to go forward in them. You know, they're not always going to be my goals. And if you know me, if you've been listening for a while, you know that I love writing short stories. I kind of wish that I had spent more time writing short stories this year. But if you like short stories, Just because there's a smaller audience does not mean that there isn't an audience. And while it might be a little bit different, like a different technique writing the short stories, um, there's it it still makes you an author. It still makes you a writer. There are still people out there who can help you get there. There's still encouragement out there that you can publish your short story collection. Um, Not everyone has to be a novelist is what I'm saying. (laughs) Okay. You know, it takes me forever to get to the point. You don't have to be a novelist to be a writer. And so I just really enjoyed talking with Rachel and she kind of got me amped up to like go into the new year and write a couple more short stories and, and see, I have her book. We talk about it in the interview and I did enjoy reading the stories. They really made me think 
in different ways. And that's what I love about show stories. Like I can finish a story (laughs) before I get called, you know, by one of the children or the husband or whatever. And I feel like I've read a full story and a full character view. And just, I start looking at the world and thinking about the world a little bit differently. And and a couple of her, her stories have challenged me on that, which I love. I absolutely love. So her book is on pre-order and I, I recommend you go out and get it. Um, this week also, you know, there's, it's the end of the year. And so a lot of people are putting out end of the year content. Um, I think a lot of us are thinking that many people are going to go into 2023 needing some editing help, or maybe that's just like the bubble that I'm in right now, because all the, all the stuff I'm getting is, um, you know, how to edit your book or, you know, how to, how to edit your book better. Like that's basically the email headlines that I have. So, I'm going to put in a link in the show notes. Kindlepreneur David Chesson has a great, just really simple thing to do um, to start editing. And, you know, it's like looking for the words that you should be taking out and why. Um, And here's the thing. It's really good advice. I'm going to put the link in the show notes. Um, He has a great blog. Uh, You know, I say he, but he has like a whole team over there. They put together a great blog at Kindlepreneur. Um, I'm going to put it in the show notes, but I do want you to think about, there's kind of this difference in editing. There is the moment of editing where you should be looking at all the words um, and, you know, how to like make your prose tighter and more concise and, you know, maybe not having as many um, adverbs um, and taking away all the ums <laughs> or all the just or that, or thens, or um, s- sort of these these words that we shouldn't, that we sometimes write, you know, we have to get the, the story out, but then we want to make it a little bit better, right? But then there's the editing of, that comes before that, and that is really looking at the story. And making that distinction, I think is, should be top, top priority for a writer, a novelist, and a short storyteller, <laughs> honestly. Um, you have to understand that the story is there first. And when you get the gut feeling that the story's not everything that it should be, don't worry about the words. Um, what you need to do is focus on the story. Now, somebody told me recently that they think I read too many craft books and that it has like, paralyzed me (laughs) in my writing because the other day I deleted, I think, five chapters from Cornered. Um, And it freaked me out at first. I literally deleted them. I didn't back them up. Um, I didn't. I didn't. (laughs) Let me have a little meltdown silently in my head right now. I purposely didn't back them up um, because I wanted them deleted because I had the distinct feeling that it was just taking too long to get him somewhere, right? Like he, I needed the inciting incident earlier. I just needed, I needed something. Now for me, I, I like writing out the characters. I love doing character studies. I love doing character backgrounds. I love writing these and these characters are now alive in me because and they might become short stories. And I say that because by deleting five chapters, I deleted two characters. 
see see where I'm going here? <laughs> I told you it takes me a while to get to my point. So I have these characters and I kind of had a little meltdown because it was like, all right, I spent a year like developing these two characters alongside everyone else. And what am I doing with my life? (laughs) You know, that kind of inner artistic writer meltdown. But I really do think that the story is stronger. And I really do think that it is the kind of story that people are going to want to read in one setting. And that I have decided is my goal for this book. And what's interesting is while I, maybe I feel like I'm like overly educated now on storytelling because I keep reading all these books and stuff. Um, I'm going to try to get him on, but I got John Truby's The Anatomy of Story. So I really enjoyed The Science of Storytelling, which is not John Truby, it's somebody else, but I can't remember who it is. But I have this one in front of me, so I remember I'll have the show, the links in the show notes. You know that. So one thing that kind of got me um, thinking about this is that he has a whole chapter on characters but it's not like anything that I've ever seen. I think it's. I think he mostly writes from the point of view of a of a playwright or, or a screenwriter, I guess. And so he's talking about the different types of of characters, and they go hero, main opponent, second opponent, third opponent, fourth opponent, fifth opponent. You know, kind of depending, etc., on how many opponents they have. The ally, um. And then, and and those are kind of easy, right? Like we know who their ally is. We kind of know who their opponent is and we know who the hero is or heroes. But then he goes into the fake ally opponent and that I had never heard of. And maybe you all have, and I'm just way behind. And then the fake opponent ally. So the fake ally opponent is somebody who the hero kind of thinks is their ally, but actually he turns out or she turns out to be an opponent. And the fake opponent ally is somebody who's the hero kind of thinks is an opponent, but turns out to be an ally. And then the subplot characters and etc. So this made me think about, you know, I talked to you guys about purposely deciding to do things. So I was thinking about my opponent, and my opponent's name is in the book right now. is named Travis, which I realize starts with a T, just like Tristan, and so that might change. But he is the guy that gets Tristan back into boxing, sort of this um, bribish sort of you know under the table dealings, and he gets him back in, and he looks like an opponent, but I've decided that I'm going to make him a fake opponent ally. And by by purposely deciding that, what I'm doing is having much more of a goal for that character in his in his acting upon my hero than I had before. I mean, before I had him kind of as an opponent, an opponent, some somebody that really forced the hero into doing something, which is true. Like these. You know, all the characters should be forcing the hero into certain decision making. And one character that I deleted, I felt I had I had created to force him into sort of um, the hero into sort of reevaluating his life. And so I'm going to have to figure that out in just you know a couple chapters from now because that character is gone. But from the beginning, I think it's going to be a much stronger. Um, story to have this sort of fake opponent ally where he kind of 
acts a lot like an opponent, but in the end is an ally because of the changes that he sort of forces the hero to, to make because he's forcing the hero to look at himself. Now I'm, I'm taking this step purposefully instead of being like, Oh, look at that. Look what I did, (laughs) which sometimes that happens, you know? Um, but I just want to encourage you to really think about your secondary characters um, and secondary meaning anybody but the hero and think about really what is their relationship to the, to the character, to the main character and maybe pick up the anatomy of story. I don't know. It's, it's a pretty long book and it's pretty heavy, but, um, but you know, y'all are readers and writers. You can, you can get through it. Um, it's, it's nice because he has lots and lots and lots of examples. I'm flipping through it right now and I love examples. Um, cause I can understand theory for like a second and then, you know, it really solidifies with a, with an example, but really to, I want you to maybe take Christmas time or today to think about your secondary characters and not just in a plot way, but in a purposeful, purposefully matching them up against the hero way. So um, I'm also decided to take like sort of amp up the girlfriend a bit and make her kind of his rival without him knowing it. But in in my writer mind, she's going to be the rival. She's going to be the one who kind of thinks it's her turn. <laughs> you know, she's getting the fame right now and um, she kind of just wants him to step aside you know, and sort of he, he's feeling that rivalry with her because she's getting kind of what he wanted. And now he's kind of stuck, um, in this position that he has placed himself in through these different decisions through his fake opponent ally. See how that works? Like all these little different strings. Um, so I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, I hope that I'm making sense. Um, I, I, I have like diagrams of it. So I know I'm making sense to me. So I just want to encourage you before we go into the interview um, to definitely check your side characters and to make sure that you're making purposeful decisions with them on why they're there. You know, again, I cut two characters because at first um, one character was introducing his mother, who's really an opponent in this book. Um, but I realized I, I don't really need her in the story. Um, I don't need the cousin in the story. We shall see if maybe she appears here and there, but she had been like this really big, um, person in the beginning. And I thought, you know what, (laughs) I'm just going to cut her. Ah, I'm just going to cut her and really focus on more this rivalry between these three different people and the brother. And anyway, so always make your decisions purposefully. Um, I think that it shows in the end product. I think it shows up to the reader. The reader might not put it into words necessarily on like why they didn't connect to a character, but I think the more purposeful you are in what their job is in the story and how they relate to the character, the main character and how they are pushing the main character to a certain position, you know, like decision-making position or to a certain change. I think the more that the readers are going to connect with them. And it's funny because sometimes we can do this accidentally, right? I mean, pretty much um, the 
the trainer guy, Travis, he was already kind of pushing my main hero that way. But by, I think, by purposefully writing him from now on with that in mind, that people are going to really, he's going to stick with people more, if that makes sense. He might not ever get his own story. You know, they might not ever care about that. I'm not even thinking about subsequent stories for the series or anything like that. I just want him to sort of stick with people more. And I want people to think about this guy's life and the and the decisions he has made as well in his life and just, you know, have that like lingering um, thought about him afterwards. Because I think that characters besides the main character can stick with you, right? And they can still make you look at the world a bit differently. And so I want this guy also to make the reader look at the world differently as he's pushing the main hero to look at the world differently and to and to shift his his idea of what his life is about. So purpose, we are looking at our stories with purpose and what purpose they have. Um, and as we go into the new year, and I reserve all rights to change it always, but one of my words will be with purpose, especially with with regards to my stories and. We're going to talk about it more next week when I don't have a um, an author interview, but I'm going to talk about the structure of the podcast co- going into the new year. We're going to have specific themes per week. Um, we're going to have author interviews still, but they're going to be a little bit less frequent, and we're going to talk more about bringing you more craft tips that are applicable in the moment, we're going to talk to more software experts on their different softwares or their different, um, I guess, templates or whatever they have specifically for writers and for the business part of it or for the editing part, all those different things, especially if you're an indie writer, there's lots of different things that go into the indie author sphere. So the first one up in that, just to give you an example, because I love examples, will be plotter in January. Um, Troy from Plotter is going to come in and he's going to talk about why you should use Plotter, why he loves Plotter so much, what it can be used for. Um, And then he's going to come in a little bit later in the year and we're going to delve in specifically. And he has a lot of great tips um, and a lot of great reasons why to use Plotter. We're going to talk to other authors and book coaches and editors. I know that I think that I I do a great job book coaching and my clients are happy. So that's always good, but I am not for everyone, right? You are going to resonate sometimes with other people. And so I'm going to bring other book coaches in and other book editors. We're going to talk about the editing process, about the book coaching process. We're going to talk about specific um, parts of that. And so that you can understand the different parts of book coaching and editing, and you can decide what you need, what parts you need, if you need a group, if you need individual, um, you know, the differences of like the editing process and who you want to work with, right? So there's tons of people out there who are great. They're certified. They know what they're talking about. And I want to help you find the person that's going to help you the most. So that's sort of the intro. I want you to go out, 
with purpose in the next few weeks until 2023 and beyond, of course, in your writing and look as you're overlooking, re-looking over um, your stories, whether they're short stories or poems or novels, and seeing the purpose of each character. And without further ado, we are going to get into the interview with Rachel. I will see you all next week. I know it's after Christmas, but be sure to tune in. We're going to have a shorter episode and we're just going to lay out exactly what's going to happen in the new year. I have some exciting things for people who listen to the podcast. Um, 2023 is going to be a great year. It's going to be very exciting and it's going to be a little more interactive. Some of you have heard me say that I am a fiction book coach. Well, I am an author accelerator, certified fiction book coach. I want to tell you about the author accelerator program. If you are thinking at all about becoming a book coach, author accelerator is on a mission to raise the bar on book coaching to help book coaches run successful, sustainable businesses while helping writers do their best work. They have certified and trained more than 100 book coaches, including me, through their book coach certification program. If you're interested in doing this work for yourself, you can click on the link below. There is both a fiction course and a nonfiction course. And if you guys have any thoughts or questions about it, feel free to ask me, Kat Caldwell, about my experience, but I'll tell you right now. I loved it. The course is very in-depth, but it's not overwhelming. It's very well done, and I feel extremely prepared now to help any author who comes my way seeking help, from editing a scene to editing an entire manuscript, from getting started to getting it published. It covers everything, and a lot of this stuff I knew personally but it always helps to really have that vocabulary and the exercises that I had to do behind me. I also had to work with three separate authors in order to get certified and I had to hand in all the work for them to go over. So this is not something where I just buy the program and they give me a stamp of approval. They saw my work, they evaluated it, they gave me feedback, and then every month we get feedback from each other on what is working, what is not working, and advice and everything else. If you are wanting to look into that and maybe become a book coach in 2023, I would highly recommend you check out Author Accelerator. In a world of hyper-positivity, Rachel Biggs's And I Was Like November offers a glimpse of the other side while navigating themes of isolation and longing. These are stories of what happens to the women that didn't get their happy ending, the ones who don't believe the cliches about family being everything, and who know that live, laugh, love isn't the cure-all. Taboo topics that embrace a gritty reality include transactional sex, romantic obsession, maternal disdain, and teenage drug dealing are linked by the need to survive in the midst of questionable sanity and deep loneliness. And I Was Like November is available for pre-sale now and publishes on January 31st, 2023. This meeting is being recorded. (laughs) 
<laughs> All right. Hello, Rachel. How are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? Good. So everybody, we have Rachel Biggs with us. She writes a lot of different things. You've written a memoir. You just came out with a short story collection. You write quite a few sh short stories. So before we get into that, because as my listeners know, I love short stories. So we'll get we'll definitely dive into that. Why don't you tell us where you're from and just a little bit about you? Um, I'm currently in Vancouver. I guess I'm from here. Um, <laughs> I move around a little bit. I was in LA up until like two weeks ago. So okay. kind of all over the West Coast. All right. So yeah. do you do you live in both places? Um, I I go back and forth a little okay. bit. Yeah, I have nice. a, my my main place is in Vancouver, though. Okay, you're a Vancouver we'll lady. Yeah, <laughs> I have not yet gotten out to Vancouver, but I've talked to quite a few writers. Like it seems to be quite the oh, happening really? creative place. <laughs> oh as, really? Oh, as far as the three writers I've talked to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think of it as pretty blue collar, but okay. I don't know what people are doing in there in their well, homes by themselves <laughs> you know like i i think the majority of us are blue collar so like writing about the blue collar experience or about you know where you're from or whatever that, that's i find very interesting um yeah so you, was the first book that you wrote was like the first big writing experience in your life the memoir or were you writing before that um i've always been writing okay. like i when i was like seven won a writing contest which oh, nice. like because I'm from blue collar town, I don't, I never thought of it as like a career or anything, okay. but um, yeah, I've always been writing. Always. So you wrote, yeah. you won a contest. Was it like a school contest or was it national? Yeah, it was a, it was a, actually a short story writing contest. Nice. And I wrote, yeah. About how giraffes got their long necks. And <laughs> I love that. That. <laughs> that was because I used to eat rabbits apparently. And one got his head stuck in there and, yeah, I love <laughs> long nakedness <that>. ensued. <laughs> That's amazing. I love that. That's a good imagination. But um, so, what was your experience with your with your parents? Was it like was writing something that they were totally cool no. with? <laughs> no, 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 no. This is no. They uh, they gave me lots to write about because yes. they were you know. But, but I mean, my dad was a big reader for sure. And he like always did the crosswords and stuff. So like, he was definitely, you know, is that right brain, left brain, I guess. But I don't know. <laughs> I guess when you're creative, is it left brain? I don't know. But Whoever, yeah, he, somebody shouting at us right now. <laughs> it's yeah, I know. I, I'm pretty sure <laughs> left brained. It means you're creative because it's like, if you're left-handed, you're anyways. Um, You're a scientist. I don't know. Doesn't yeah. it cross over or something? <laughs> no, yeah, other way around. Yeah, uh, never mind. But yeah, so he was he was a word guy. So okay, um, so he he enjoyed. Okay, I yeah. So like blue collar, but you still grow up with crosswords. Like education, mm -hmm. apparently was. All right, no. words at least. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I, I my so my my memoir is like a lot about my childhood and um, okay and. This book has some stories about that too. Uh, I grew up pretty like rough. Like my yeah. mom was heroin and schizophrenia and like I was in and out of foster homes and all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, there wasn't a lot of attention to. So there's not a lot of cultivating of that dream no, of writing at all. No. Okay. And so now when you that hit... I've like, had some success, you know, like my aunt is like, well, your grandfather wrote for the, the daily <laughs> 
whatever newspaper, like he, he wrote them a letter once. So you must get it from them. I'm like, okay, let's not t- take credit for all of my <laughs> hard work. That sounds very like my rural family too. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, there was a great, great aunt somewhere that right. played the piano. Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, I owe it all to her. (laughs) Yes, all those genes came flooding in. 20 years later, here I am. (laughs) (laughs) Thank God. Because writing definitely doesn't just like put you in the spotlight. I mean, it's easier to become an Instagram person. What are they called? Influencers, I guess. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So when you got to college, what was the plan? Were you going to do something in writing? I didn't go to college. No I, college. Went, I mean, I did college much later. But, uh, when I was college age, I was stripping in Japan and China. And in Japan? Happy. How did you yeah. get to Japan? Um, I had an agent. Actually, I saw an ad in the newspaper, go to Greece, make big money. And I was like working as a receptionist at a law office. And I thought that that sounded super exciting. So I that started sounds out super exciting. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's one way of putting it. And then uh, I went, I got an agent and I went to Greece and okay. um, China and um, Japan and all over the place. That was your modeling, so, modeling, yeah. dancing. Yeah. Well, you got to, you got to um, travel with that. Like, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that the- was like what was the big draw for me. I okay. was like, oh my God, I'm not sitting in this office under bad lighting. In Vancouver for the rest, rest of my life. Of my life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's not oh, it's not easy. I don't think to get out of like those rural. Yeah, I I hate to say entrapments, but for me it was like an entrapment. So it's like, yeah, I really don't want to be here. And it's great that some people are content, but to like find a way out is yeah is not so easy. So I'm glad I that know. you found a way out. Yeah. Uh, but then it, that's its own trap too, right? Like Vancouver's right. a city. It's not like rural at all, but but it's just like the mentality here. Like mm. I find, and I'm going to get yelled at for this, I'm sure too, but Canada has a real like glass ceiling. You know, if you're going to do anything big, you go to the to, to the States. Really? Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, like... Justin Bieber and like Ryan Gosling and Ryan. Okay. Once you get to a certain level, you leave. You leave. Okay. um, Is that mostly for the creative industry? Yeah, I would say. Okay. Yeah, for sure. But even like doctors and, you know, like it's called the brain drain because you just, our taxes are so high here and um, there's just less opportunity. So people well, that is the way to do it to like not get super in debt. So go to medical school, in yeah, and then go make the salaries. I mean, our like, education is cheaper here, like much, much cheaper. Right? So, yeah, I can't blame them. I guess when you're when you're thinking about yourself individually, you can't really blame people for that, can you? No. But yeah. So when you came back from traveling, did you? Is that when you sort of entered the LA scene, the screenwriting, the and things like that? Um, I didn't go to film school until 2016. Um, okay, that's recent. Yeah, so, uh, but I was always writing books before that, or like, you know, okay. start with books, which I read now and are so cringy. Um, <laughs> it's okay. It's like therapy <laughs> like, for us. <laughs> yeah. Like when I was in Macau in China dancing, 
I would write all day, like longhand. So I have like a novel from wow. then. Yeah. Um, but again, it was just kind of like a hobby. Like I didn't know okay. that it was anything that I could do. And then I guess like in 2006, I got a job writing for um, IGN, which is like um, movies and gaming and stuff. Okay. So I was doing press junkets and uh, movie reviews and some articles and stuff for them. What so made you do that? I, was that just like another job to do? Or what were yeah, you specifically? I met someone at a party at, well, at a Thanksgiving, Friendsgiving thing. And he was the editor there. Okay. And I had written, you know, what I call, what I called novels then again, so cringy. Uh, and I just talked about that. That's what I did. And, and, uh, and then it ended up turning, he read it that, and he offered me a job. Oh, nice. Writing okay. Edge. Yeah. 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 So <clears throat> that's when I started like making money at it. And then um, the memoir, uh, I finished it in 2012, end of 2012. Um, so I started it, I guess, around 2010. Um, and that was something that was just like always in my head. And there were like, okay bits of it along the way and then I just I don't know it just sort of started flowing and mm. and I was like so excited about it and I couldn't stop writing you know and then okay and then I got an editor and then learned about self-publishing and all that so that so, was the first like real serious book where you're like yeah. I'm actually going to publish this that yeah, there's something yeah. about that so you didn't do any sort of um I guess creative nonfiction, like, I don't know, it just came to you because memoir to me just seems like hard. Like somebody's going to get mad at me. <laughs> well, a lot of people got mad at me. There's people that don't speak to me. I mean, I changed everybody's names, but like my but, sisters don't speak to me because I like talked about their mom in the book and <laughs> like, yeah. But that's the whole point of. The yeah. <laughs> like, what am I going to do? Lie? Yeah. That's what happened. Yeah. So you yeah. just, you found it quite easy after years of thinking about it, just sort of like one yeah, day it, it was, started coming. God, I loved it so much. I mean, I I love all writing, but that particular was so, like I was waitressing at night and I, I just found that such a like, oh, you're interfering with my writing time. <laughs> you know? Anything that I had to do that wasn't that, it was just like such a burden. <laughs> and what what was the editing process like when you're like, is it, I guess you had been working with an editor with your, with the yeah. magazine before. So you kind of already knew what, what that process would be. Um, yeah. I mean, it was totally different. I, I hired someone like freelance. Um, okay. and, uh, and it, with memoir, it's hard because it's like, a lot of people think that it's just like everything that ever happened to you. And it's not at all. Like you have mm. to craft an actual story and like make it somewhat relatable. And, you know, like there's in real life, there's not like an end to your right. story. Right. So you have to make that stru structure. Right. You have to find an end. Yeah. That's um, true. So you have to like be like, and novel. I'm fine, sort of. <laughs> I know. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm still alive. <laughs> like it to be like this happy ending. And then I lived happily ever out. And it's like, right. no, I'm still going. <laughs> right, right. So um, did they help you with that? Or did you just sort of find that in the process? Well, the I don't want to... 
spoil anything for anybody who's no. run out and buy my last book, but <laughs> um, it's about my mother and her dying. So okay. it sort of wraps up with that. A death is always a good ending. Yeah. Yeah. So there, there's some conclusion there. A little um, bit. Yeah. We'll have we'll yeah. have the links in the show notes for sure. It's called "Yearning for Nothings and Nobodies," right. um, a memoir. So we'll have the links to that in Thank the show notes. You. But did that start the writing of short stories, or were you writing short stories before that as you were doing? Um, I'd written, I think, like a couple, but I'm uh, more thought of them as like ideas for bigger stories oh, okay. or like, okay. like film ideas or something. But then I read um, just probably three or four years ago, I read Stephen King's On Writing. Have mm-hmm. you ever read that? So I haven't good. read I it yet, but oh, <laughs> everyone really tells me I should read it. Everyone recommends it. It's a really, like, it's really readable. I don't like, um, you know, like, teachy books, and it's not like that at all. It's just okay. like, oh, cool. Like, like he, he's very, very personalized in it. But, um, yeah, I read that, and he talked about getting published. And I was like, um, you know, self-publishing, it's, there's... I know it's a lot better than it used to be, but there's like stigma attached yeah. to it and stuff. And I wanted sure. to be like, air quotes, a real writer. So I knew I had to get published. And he talked about short stories and how you could submit to literary magazines and stuff. And it was just like such a light bulb moment. I was like, oh yeah. my God. So yeah, so I started writing short stories and um, my goal was to publish six of them within a year and within like, four or five months I published like 10 of them and wow. they're from this collection yeah so uh so I was like you know really excited and um and then I was like oh I should actually do something with these like right this is almost an anthology now I have whatever 15 stories so yeah so that's how this came to be so and I was like November it came from the stories that were published or like that, that you, like, how does it work? Do you, when you get published in a, in a literary magazine, do you get the rights? Like, do you get to republish those yeah. or do you have to write? Yeah, new ones? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're there's like different um, magazines have different, like they get first publication, right. Okay. But then you can still use them later. You they can gather them up. Yeah. So your, your next book was, this is your next book, right? Or no, this is, my the latest. Book. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. the titles, and I was like November, so I was reading it because I do love short stories, and I, yeah. I write short stories, but sometimes I get really uh, stressed out about whether or not they're good enough. <laughs> As yeah. all writers do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so when you are these all the ones that have been published somewhere, and that's that's how you gather um, them, or how did you I choose think there's them? There's like four that haven't been published anywhere. Okay. Like twelve teen hasn't been published. Um, yeah, there's there's a few that haven't been in. How there. did you how did you like for a short story anthology or I don't know what the would it be yeah, an anthology or collection? Yeah. Um yeah. does it have to have a theme? Like what do people Um I don't know about other people. This one does have a theme. Okay. This is like um it's all sort of damsels in distress, but um in you know, edgier ways than yes. like a prince coming some to save are, them. Some of them are pretty edgy. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like out of touch with what is edgy anymore. I'm like, is this, do people True. care about this? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I just kind of, there's people I definitely don't want to read them. I'm not sending it to my grandma anytime soon. 
Yeah, grandma might not want to read no. <laughs> Like the $1,000, she might not want to read it. Yeah, yeah, no, there's a you'll, lot of You'll burst her bubble of how the world is. So how yeah. did you come up with some of these ideas? Is this just like a collection of like you're, I mean, you've seen a lot of the world, so I'm sure you mm-hmm. just, you have a lot of different people that you've met in your lifetime and experiences. Are Do some of those show up here in fiction? Yeah, life? for sure. And some of them are actually essays too. Like okay. um, I want $1,000 is not, I don't have a child or anything, but um, yeah, some of them are true. Okay. Um, and then some of them, like all writing and there's like bits that are true. Sure, um, sure. Yeah, I don't I don't know. It just sort of it was kind of a dark time. I um <laughs> I lost my dad and my I went through like a terrible breakup and you know how everything happens all at yes. once. And yes. I and then it was COVID, which just meant for me that I had a lot of time and um that was really nice. <laughs> <laughs> You're so, the first one that's used that word. <laughs> yeah. There's like no traffic on the roads or anything. Yes. Um, you're just but, driving around thinking about your short stories in yeah, COVID exactly, while everyone yeah. else is melting I, down. Gas was crazy cheap. It was like you know, eighty nine cents a liter here. Um, <laughs> oh, good times back when I yeah, was young. Oh, good old COVID days. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's funny. So you decided to sort of gather up the stories you thought, or it like just, it didn't even like it wasn't even the decision. It just like they just started coming and coming mm. and coming, and like I would just like the title story, and I was like November. I wrote that in like less than an hour, like nice complete. You know, it was it was just like it just was just coming out of me, and it was like I had just found out that my ex had a new girlfriend and I was you know that super pain yes um so yeah it just flowed really I mean I think what's beautiful about your short stories and I think for anyone who wants to read short stories is that there's like a rawness to them that women can really relate to like wherever they've been in their life there's something in this book that they'll be like yes (laughs) oh good (laughs) that's wonderful to hear yeah I mean, it, just because it's my reality doesn't mean that it's everyone's reality. But like, I like to think if you're really, really honest, that there is relatability. Oh, for we're sure. All just human. Yes. Yes. I don't know about men, but I think for sure women, <laughs> like there's, there's a difference, I think, in the world, how we perceive it, how we're treated, how we experience things, the decisions yeah. women make or have to make or feel like they're cornered into making. Um, and do you find that the short stories that were accepted for the literary are that more honest, raw short story? Or do you think, or have they been more like less raw? I guess <laughs> less. Uh, no, I, I, um, I mean, I like to think that they're all raw. There are some that are more fiction than mm-hmm. others, you know, so maybe, I don't know. They don't, but um, no, I was really happily surprised by, by what got published, like a thousand dollars got published. Okay. And that's pretty, well, yeah, that's, I mean, that's a sexy one in my opinion. Um, <laughs> but then yeah, I was like, it's, well, it, it's sorry, kind of like what most likely a lot of women face, you know, like you're left with a baby and you yeah. are kind of in this corner and you could make a couple thousand dollars, you know? Yeah. 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 I mean, I can't um, imagine people's, there's a lot of people that wouldn't pass that up because they have to, 
you know, they yeah. have to do it. Well, that's one perception. Or there's also that like they they like it, you know, yeah. like that it's sexy. I have I have friends that you know have been married for years and stuff, and that like that's a fantasy. Yeah, and it it just puts like puts you in touch with your body in a different way after having a baby, and um, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I do that, like the the ending is ambiguous in that sense. Um of just like yeah, what would it be like to have a relationship that you don't really have to think too much about? <laughs> she just yeah, has to right? go. <laughs> yeah. She has two separate lives kind of, you know. Yeah. And uh not to be sexist, but I think men do it all the time. Oh, I'm sure they do. You know. I live in DC. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. They do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There are hotels yeah, known for that. Yeah. Um, as I learned this city and I'm like, what? There's a hotel? Let's go down there and see these men <laughs> and just That's watch true. them. And my friends don't want to be taken for somebody else. And I'm like, come on. Just not put makeup on that. It'll be great. <laughs> yeah. At. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, I, it's also, it's about like the bad girls, right? Like mm-hmm. we need a voice too. It's not yeah. everybody doesn't get married and have kids and live happily ever after or, or like keep up the perception that they are like there are there's transactional sex there's fantasies of violence on your grandmother there's you know it's yeah those are real things that I think maybe not everyone has in their life but interesting to read about and yeah. for the people that do relatable hopefully so absolutely I think that's true so when before COVID hit, you said that you had gone to film school. What what made you decide to do that? Um, so a guy that <laughs> a guy that I met at a strip bar. Uh, that like is I a perfect to... f- first liner. <laughs> <laughs> I used to waitress and work the door and all kinds of after I danced. Um, and so I think I was waitressing then. So this guy that I met there. I, I'm not shy about talking about that I'm a writer. I like tell fucking everybody. <laughs> so <laughs> I have like five, if, I don't know if you know astrology, but I have a lot of Leo in my chart, which means I'm very comfortable talking about myself. Um, <laughs> anyways, I met this guy and he read my first book and he loved it. And he was like, what can I do to support you or help you, whatever? And uh, he's like, what would your dream be? And I said to go to film school. Um, okay. And so, yeah, so he paid for me to go to film school in 2016. Wow. So what, why yeah. was, was that a new dream? Was that something that you had always sort of seen um, before? Was it? Yeah. I mean, I more so like to write books, but uh, film and television has gotten so amazing, you know? Right. Yeah. Basically the creation of HBO <laughs> um, that, yeah, storytelling in any realm became interesting to me. And that seemed like a more likely way to make a living. Yes. In book. Yes. So, <laughs> Let me yeah. really agree with you. On that one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure anyone's read Harlan Coben's books, but they're definitely watching his Netflix series. So that's probably. Mm-hmm. Sorry to say, I don't know who that is. Who's that? Well, I didn't either until I found him on Netflix. And then I was like, he sold 14 books to Netflix. What is this? <laughs> what is oh. What show is it? Um, let's. What show isn't it? It's all these thriller shows. They're um safe, stay close, something like this. These are all like little thriller ones. 
If you guys hear, she has a little doggy. So. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry about that. I'm just oh, feeding super cute. Back as fast as I can. <laughs> she's like feeding. This is like what we do with kids sometimes. Like yeah. here, take another chocolate. Go I ahead. know. I wish that he could play with an iPad because. <laughs> yes, that's so true. Take my phone. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like it. What? So when you mm-hmm. went to film school, was it to possibly put your book to it for the screen, or was it just because? Um, no, I went actually with the television route as my okay. specialty. Um, we yeah, like watching just, television, so that's cool. Yeah, so much amazing TV right now. I just watched Mammals, um, which mm. is James Corden. I haven't heard of that one. Show. Really good. Uh, anyways, I <laughs> yeah, I, I thought about how can I make money, and it yeah. was just a different um, different avenue. So is film so school, does that incorporate screenwriting or is that more like it was just of... for screenwriting okay it is for film school yeah and they they have like a production arm they have like video games they have and I went for writing oh for writing okay yeah. so how different is it to write a screenplay than it is to write a short story it's or a lot different. is it it's a lot different yeah it's um it's way more structured okay. uh you know because you have to format everything in a certain way and and you have to show everything you can't I mean you can be expository and actually tell things but there's no like prose in it there's no right that's true inner dialogue that can be explained I mean I guess there's ways of doing that but like it's it's just a totally different medium do you have to say as the screenwriter like tell the director where they are like is it kind of like those I can only think yeah. of Shakespeare plays that I had to read in high school. Like, is yeah, it yeah. like actor comes in stage? Yeah. Left. <laughs> yeah, you do. You have to, um, you have to set up every scene and, um, write all the dialogue and, and tell them what they're doing. Like, are mm-hmm. you angry right now? <laughs> That's completely yeah. different. Cause then when you move back to fiction, it's like show, don't tell. And then you can't yeah. tell anybody. So do you find it difficult to like change that mindset or, or have you just really mm-hmm. figured out how to box that in and be like screenwriting? Uh, I mean, I definitely prefer writing books, but I, I love writing dialogue too. Mm, so, yeah. so film is all dialogue. So yeah, I mean, I like both. I have a, I just optioned my first screenplay, um, which means it's under contract. Okay. With, uh, a producer um, and she's looking for money for it. So uh, I might do more of that as well. Again, it's more money if you can get it out there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And do you, is that the end of your road once you like sell it or do you like have to work on the actual filming? Uh, Yeah. Well, it depends on the, on the deal you strike. Like you might, when I sign, um, this is my first one, so I don't pretend to know that everything will be an expert. But what do you expect um, will happen? <laughs> we'll go with that. Yeah. <laughs> well, like they might want rewrites, so they might write into the oh. contract like this amount of money comes with this amount of rewrites. And okay. Then I'll do that. Yeah. Okay. Um, so it is like selling yeah. a book. It's like here, we want you to change this. Could you please change uh, it? To yeah, it? yeah, yeah. We like it if you would change all of this. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's with anything, right? Like they there's always that caveat like we love what you've done, but we want you to do it 
the way that we want. Right. <laughs> well, then yes. why did you like it to begin with? But anyway. <laughs> There's a spark. <laughs> There's a seed here. here. <laughs> yeah. So are you going to stay in Vancouver to do this? Or are you fin- Are you done with film school? Or are you going to? Oh, yeah. I'm long done with film school. Um, that was only a year. Uh, okay. And That's nice. I... It's not like 500 years yeah. of your life. <laughs> no, it was, it was good. It's basically like doing like a really quick master's. Okay. Nice. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't love it here, but I have a place here and I'm Mm -hmm. like, I'm a real homebody. So like, I just went to LA for five months and was like renting a studio apartment in the ghetto because it's crazy expensive and everything is the ghetto there now, apparently. Um, (laughs) great. I'm kind of over LA, but like I'm open to other cities. Yeah, you know, of course. We'll see what happens. Well, the nice thing about all these like Hulu, Netflix, whatever, I don't, you know, my personal opinion is that Hollywood is like going and everyone's it going is. somewhere ch- I, cheaper. I there, yeah, I lived there for from 2003 to 2013. And I think that that might have been its heyday. Oh, really? I mean, I visited at that point. <laughs> yeah. Well, like I lived in Venice and it was all like bohemian. Like I just yeah. like rode my bike everywhere and there were no chain stores or anything. Like it was just like cool, chill. Um, and now it's like a whole other thing. It's like regular America with Walgreens and it, Target and yeah, Starbucks. It's like Silicon Valley. Like it's like there's so much money there. And then there's this like extreme poverty. I think it's happening in a lot of the country, but. Yeah, that's just a city I know really well. So okay, just those city, those cities get yeah. like that, I guess. I'm yeah, also there's... like over cities. <laughs> like, can I go to like Maine or like upstate New York or something? <laughs> yeah, c- come to DC. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no, don't come to DC. Is I don't it, recommend no? DC anyway. <laughs> okay. Well, it's not my favorite. Everyone I know from right. DC though is very like articulate and. Oh, um, you have to be. <laughs> Oh, okay. They're like, like, what do you, well, no, okay. They don't ask me what I do. They ask my husband what he does. Oh yeah. (laughs) It's kind of that city. (laughs) Unless I'm like a lobbyist that can help them with something or other or somewhere or work for the state department. They go, yeah. "Yeah, Okay. Great. That sounds wonderful. (laughs) 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 It's like overly educated, I would say. Oh, somebody's going to scream at me about that. Um, But (laughs) it's good for no one's gonna <laughs> well that's all right yeah. we can offend people they can deal with it yeah. <laughs> um it's good for my kids like on the on the prospect of like education wise you know i'm from middle america where education isn't always super high up on the list yeah but um so you know we're overly educated so we want our kids to be overly educated oh my gosh she's so cute there's nothing wrong with that yeah for sure and then and then there aren't any and then people become real estate agents like everywhere else because that's the, right. <laughs> the most highly educated real estate agent. Oh yes. Country. Yes, absolutely. So are you going are you thinking of more of writing books? I mean book writing these days is kind of I don't know. If you write a book and then you write a screenplay that might make you more money. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm I'm hoping I don't know. So I just got back, like I said, from LA. I was yeah. working for like copywriting for a big company there and I got laid off. Um, so I'm just kind of like regrouping right now. And yeah. um, I've got another book 
but about 12,000. Can you be quiet, please, mister? <laughs> I'm on the phone. I need your attention. That's oh, my yeah. dog. Totally. Um, so, yeah, so I've got like 12,000 words of another book that's kind of a different format. It's a memoir slash educational kind of thing. It's about um, losing my dad uh it happened really fast like he got diagnosed and then seven weeks later he died oh, um gosh. yeah and we were like super close so it's our it's it's a memoir about death but then it's also um I want to uh educate people about like the alternate medicines and mm-hmm. like the intricacies of navigating the medical system and sort of all of the things that you don't know until you have to know. And then right. it's terrifying and overwhelming. And that um, sounds like a you, lot to put together. Yeah, just, yeah. So I don't know. I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm 12,000 words into that. Um, but then I want to have another screenplay ready too, for when this one sells and, you know, cause you got that momentum thing going. Sure. So, That's what we have to do as creatives, unfortunately. Yeah. Like, work yeah. 48 hours a day. And it's exactly, yeah. yeah. So do any of your help. screenplays come from the ideas that you have? I mean, you said you have novels already written that you don't want to pull out. But, like, your those novels or the ideas or behind your stories or anything like that? Or are they completely new? Uh, no. This this new screenplay, is it's totally different. It's... Um, it's called Kill Me. It's about a woman who's suicidal and um, can't get the job done because the logistics of it are actually like monumentally overwhelming. Um, and so she hires a hitman to do it for her, and then their relationship ensues. So that's totally different. Um, that is very intriguing, then, though. Yeah, hopefully we'll be seeing it in theaters within a couple yeah. of years. And then. Um, I did adapt my first book into a screenplay. Um, That's not under contract. It's not doing anything. Um, But yeah, that's just the memoir adapted again. And that's like a, um, not a coming of age. What do you call that? Like return to, like return home to deal with old ghosts. I don't know what that's called, that genre. I don't either. Yeah, that's but... why I haven't sold it because my pitch is fucking terrible. <laughs> <laughs> pitch is like, remember when you go home. <laughs> I need to work on that for sure. <laughs> I'm sure like pitching things that are really personal though, I find difficult. I mean, I guess you have copywriting experience, which certainly helps when you have to no. pitch. No, you don't think so? No, I'm just bad at pitching altogether. Like, it, I think it's just our stuff. If we could have somebody pitch our stuff, that would be better. Yeah, for sure. I know. <laughs> you have to do Where it all yourself. Yeah. So, so you are working on the screenwriting. Um, do you, well, I had this question. Do you, um, if you want to write, because I like writing books is great and writing short stories is great but like you were saying to make a career out of it sometimes maybe going the screenwriting route do you have to go to film school for that is that just like at least getting the contacts or the way that you do Mm -hmm. it or no no I totally thought that I would get contacts from it and it turned out that like half of the class barely spoke English because they get a big they get double the money 
the film school gets double the money for foreigners. So okay. um, I wasn't making any contact there. All um, the politics. All the politics yeah. behind everything. <laughs> no, you just have to write something really good and okay. get it read, basically. That's how you become a screenwriter. So the work really is getting it read, like finding that person yeah. to read it. 100%. Yeah. Okay. Getting an agent or a manager. Um, or if you know somebody that will, like I tried so hard to get an agent or a manager and that. Uh, I finally got one and he passed away. Oh my gosh, what bad luck. Yeah, I know. It was really sad. He was a friend of mine as well. Oh, I'm so Very sorry. person, yeah. Um, and we were getting some traction. Like we had a, a go ahead from Paramount. And um, and he died. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm so, so sorry. But yeah, so you get a manager or an agent. That's, um, I guess, the second step after writing something good and readable, and then they hopefully get it out there. For you. So just knowing like the structure of story is more important than anything. Like you have to write, you have to practice your writing, know how yeah. to write a story. Find that yeah. ending, <laughs> that elusive ending. Yeah, yeah, it. yeah. But it sounds a lot like trying to sell your book too. Like you yeah, get an agent, kind of same thing. But but there isn't as much uh, self-publishing on the screenwriting. <laughs> no, but you can make your own movies, right? Oh, like good lord, that sounds like so much work. Your, I know that's what I think. But lots of people do it. They make short films just on their iPhone and stuff. Oh well, that new generation—they're going to know how to do yeah, that, aren't they? It's these days. They're going to, um, they're going to, you know, put us out on the street if they know how to do all these things. Yeah. No, it's, uh, I mean, it's exciting mm. on the one hand because you can take control of right. things. But then on the other, I think that there's so much content that maybe, I don't know, there's more to wade through and the good stuff doesn't get out as much. Sure. I have no idea. Sure. You should pitch Shonda Rhimes, see if she'll pick something up, and then... Yeah. <laughs> It'll be so like, beautiful. There are, yeah. There are big people who, uh, like, who are those guys? Mark Duplass, the Duplass brothers. Um, they made a movie just, like, on their iPhone. Or, like, um, really? Owen and Luke Wilson, they made well, Bottle yeah, Rocket. That's, that's true. That was a long time ago, wasn't it, that they yeah. kind of figured that There's out? There's always those, like... Out- that's what the thing about self-publishing is even though it has the stigma of like, Oh, maybe your work's not that good. And that's why you had to do it. It's also renegade, like cool yeah. Yeah. way to do it. Like if you succeed, it's like, yeah, yeah. No one hey. believed in me, but I did it anyway. <laughs> but I did it anyway. Um, yeah. Well, that's the problem. Like there's fewer and fewer gatekeepers out there, especially in the literary world. We'll say like book world. I don't know film as much, but you know, there's like what now there's four publishers and they're trying to decide or something. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, yeah. he's like, stop talking to the lady. <laughs> had, had like his weight and treats during this conversation already. He's he's like, totally manipulated. You should be giving me more treats. You want me to shut up? Give me a treat. <laughs> I know. That is so, I'm about to, it's like three degrees here right now. I'm about to go and sit on the patio because it's feeling like, like don't close the door. <laughs> He'll just like try to excavate through your floor. <laughs> You're too cute. Um, but yeah, I um, some days it's like, oh my god, it's so much to just like have to do everything myself, and then others, I'm like glad to have control. 
control over everything. Right. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Have you had, um, when did, and I was like November come out. Did it come out recently? No, it's not out yet. Uh, Oh, it's not out yet. Okay. When does it come out? December 15th. And then it shows January 31st. Oh, I got an advanced copy then. Look yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. I get... <laughs> all right. Well, what I really love, I mean, about short stories, and I tell my listeners all the time, is that I feel accomplished in finishing them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I know. It's like, such a good feeling. Like, yes, that's done. <laughs> yes, I read a whole story, and I read, like, I feel, yeah. you know, cultured in something or other. It took I'm me- surprised they're not more popular. Maybe they are really popular because, you know, we all have such short attention spans now. Yes. It's like, it's yes. a scroll through of stories. Yes. Absolutely. Like, I love them. And I yeah. think that they, maybe they should be more popular. I mean, there's something like, you know, Kindle's trying to get people to read that, the vellum thing. But What's that? What's vellum? Vella, Vella, Vella. Somebody's going to yell at me now. Vella, I think. Um, Where it's like, you write the book as though it was a television show. So it's only oh, like... Oh episodes oh okay interesting um because i guess it's really popular in asia to like read a full be able to read a full chap but like you buy per chapter oh, i'm butchering this now because <laughs> like, i'm pretty sure that's how it goes I mean, somebody's gonna yell somebody's gonna no, write in yeah. <laughs> and so you buy like per chapter but then there's all these systems you get tokens and you can use your tokens to buy the oh, chapter okay. you keep going I think the idea is you can make money if you write something like Lost, where it just keeps going and going. <laughs> and going. You're more and more lost as it goes on. <laughs> yes, until everyone goes, I don't want to write. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But hey, what do you care? They've already spent all their money. So Yeah. And, and so, did yeah. you say that's through Amazon? Yeah, that's Kindle. Yeah, oh. it's Vela. Oh, okay. I'm to look that up. Um, so since you know how to write screenplays, you would know how to do episodes. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is too much for me. I have no idea. I have to learn a new thing. <laughs> I know. Oh, my God. I so appreciate that. It's just like, can I just know the four things that I know? Yes. Can I make money off the four <laughs> things I know, please? Yeah. No. Do you think that you're going to write a fiction novel soon? Or do you want I to? I would really like yeah. to. That's a goal of mine for sure. Yeah. You have too many goals. Actually. I know. <laughs> this is the only thing I can do, though. So, and with that cute little dog, he's never going to let you sit down. No, I know. <laughs> I know he wants to walk all day, every day. You're going to have to exchange out that how giraffes got their long necks because they ate a little dog, <laughs> and they finally let you right. <laughs> yeah, he because he's a dachshund. They're like badger hunters which I, I'm just putting that together now. So he would have his head in a hole. Oh my gosh. I had no idea. Right? They, they seem too little to do that. Badgers are mean. Yeah. They're feisty. Really? Yeah. No. yeah don't underestimate a dash hound. That's so funny. Oh my gosh. You're going yeah. <laughs> to, everyone's going to run. You better put like his picture up on Instagram. or something. Yeah. Everyone's going to run and look at it. Yeah. He has his own Instagram. You can plug him. Oh, yes, we'll definitely (laughs) plug him. He'll get more clicks than us, too. So maybe we should. (laughs) (laughs) No, for sure. You should. Oh, my gosh. You should. (laughs) You should do that. Oh, maybe I should do that. I should get my my dog's not as cute as that one, though. (laughs) She's like scraggly. (laughs) Uh, So, and I was like, November comes out in December. (laughs) Yeah. 
we were we were trying to get it out for November, and there were just a lot of glitches, too many things. unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing how um, people might think self-publishing is like, oh, you just did a self-publishing. No, it's like so much work. It's <laughs> so much work. Oh, my God. It's, and it, then it's, even if you like outsource things like, you know, the typography and the cover and the publicity and all that stuff, it's like you still have to manage all of that and like find all those people and yeah. collaborate, go back and forth. It's, it's collaborate, get the date correct so that you yeah. don't mess up your pre-orders so that Amazon doesn't cancel on you uh, so that everyone gets their actual book. So is it going to be available in ebook as well or just print? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, I'm going to I'm going to promote the heck out of this. People oh, can thanks, people can read <laughs> and like as they're falling asleep be like I finished a whole story. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And some of them are really short. Some of them are only like 800 words. I think I have a, a Madonna Whore is only like 500 words. Yes, that that one was That one was funny. I won't say anything more about it, but I like that one too. <laughs> I, it was an ending I did not expect. <laughs> no, oh, that's fun. <laughs> I like that. I was like, oh, oh, oh my gosh! <laughs> you um, so I, I always encourage people to try, try writing short stories, especially people who like. I usually am working with people who are writing a big novel, but mm-hmm. like writing a short story, I think helps you to like take a whole idea and finalize it. You know. Yeah. So yeah. it's actually harder than what I think some people think. What is, what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, I, I definitely, I know what you're talking about, but I tend to have ideas um, that it's like a beginning and an ending, you know, and like it's the middle that's hard. Like, okay, okay like what's the second act turning point and what's the, B plot and all this and stuff. So like with a short story, it's more succinct and you mm. can just, um, but Focus yeah, on one, you yeah. don't have as much time for character development. If that's something that's really important to the story. True. But yeah. at the same time, if people get bogged down in the character development, they mm. can just focus on the what, you know, like, especially to hone the skills of like bringing a whole story together before mm. you tackle a novel, which is like, talk about getting bogged down in the middle like that could take years to dig out of once you're wherever you are um so and reading short stories i think is a very satisfying way to not only you know i feel like accomplished but to study storytelling because you're Mm -hmm. you're following the journey you know whether it's like a five minute journey or like a whole year journey and you can sort of see that arc especially if you're a new writer of like oh this is what they're talking about (laughs) like yeah 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 they started out at the beginning here and now they're here you know i mean one thousand dollars i think is perfect like that because she starts in a certain place Mm -hmm. in her life and then she comes back around and the ending's completely she has changed you know whether however slight it is there's there's that change there it's funny because I don't really think about it, but I think that I've been doing it for so long now right. that it just kind of comes naturally. Um, right. Because yeah, there's some, there's some stories. I don't know if they're in this book where people don't change. It's mm-hmm. just about the the story itself. Right? right. But, but yeah, I guess when you've studied it long enough, it just kind of becomes yes. the nature for them. Yes. To be. 
or like the the Art. non the non change can be a story as well, but you have to craft it properly. Yeah. You know, it can't just yeah, be like, yeah. uh, what was that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like those movies you watch where you're like, I don't yeah. understand. Nothing ever happened. So I know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> those movies make me angry nice. sometimes there's like, like you know like you watch like a european movie or something and you're like oh cool that was just kind of like a character study mm. um but definitely like american screenplays it's like very formulaic yes we expect those things from the europeans <laughs> yeah like, yeah yeah oh well it was european it was foreign <laughs> like that's <laughs> yeah we europeans like- and darren aronofsky <laughs> yes it's true. Um, you know, America's more about Iron Man and Marvel. So yeah, <laughs> that's what we do here. So we will have um, the links in the show notes. Um, where do where do you hang out mostly online as we talk about scrolling? Instagram. Is it Instagram? Instagram. All right. We'll, yeah. we'll put yeah. your Instagram link in there and we can put Thank your you. dogs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. More importantly. Um, if you want to get find out more about Rachel, it's rachelbiggs.com. But we'll have all the links in the show notes below. And I highly recommend you guys check out the um, her book, And I Was Like November. So the pre-order is up December 15th? December 15th. Yeah. Okay. And Perfect. then January 31st, it's in person. Awesome. Well, very cool. So thank you so yeah. much, Rachel, for coming and talking to us about, I learned, yeah. I think, more this time screenplays and memoirs and short stories yeah for now hopefully a novel next yay we'll have you back on when you do that or when you you. sell the screenplay you can come tell us what it's like yeah yeah (laughs) mansion in bel-air yes all right thanks rachel thank you hey you're still listening Since you are, could you do me a favor and head over to the app that you're listening to this episode on and hit the subscribe button and then rate and review the show? It would really help the Pencils and Lipstick podcast get out into the world. And if you're enjoying the podcast, well, then there might be more people out there who would enjoy it as well. If you want to find out more about me, you can head over to catcaldwell.com. I have my story over there, my books, my interactive journals, my one-on-one coaching information, and information on my creative writing community membership group. If you're looking to write a book or you are a writer and you just want to find out more about how to write, how to publish, how to format, how to market, and all the things that go into being an author these days, check out the membership group. There is a 14 free day trial that you can try it out, get into the mastermind, find out all the goodies that we are talking about in the group. I would love to see you there.